Hey, everybody. Welcome into the MLB Extras Rays podcast. Tim McMaster along with Richard Justice and the Rays have been an interesting team here as we do this podcast from the 2018 winter meetings in Las Vegas. I guess we start with day two and what happened with the Rays, and then we'll kind of work our way back from there. But ownership actually stepped to the podium and spoke today about, obviously, the ballpark issue and all of that. They're committed to a new ballpark. Can, is there anything to t be taken from between the lines, Richard? What do you think is the current state here with the Rays and, and sticking around in, in Tampa Bay? Between the lines, we're really not between the lines, um, that baseball's running out of patience. Yeah. That this has been a three-year window that uh, St. Petersburg offered uh, the Rays to get a deal done. The Rays feel like they've identified the best so uh, spot in Ybor City, and nothing's gotten done. And people will say, well, how much are the Rays going to contribute? Well, the Rays have said we'll contribute $150 million. But the rest of that, what we can contribute is based on what's the financing plan look like. And I think this is what irritated Commissioner Manfred, who wrote a strong letter to the Tampa Sports Authority saying, wait, you guys sent me a plan. It's no plan. There are no details in this. Before we can proceed, we need to know how it's going to be paid for, where the money's coming from, what are we going to do. You know, it's not ballparks anymore. There's development all around it. Uh, it's, a, it's a multifaceted. And I think what frustrates the Rays is that Stuart Sternberg, the owner, would say, guys, look at Washington, D.C., that area south of the United States Capitol building. You can't believe it, Tim. You can't believe what's I, happened to there. that area. It's insane. What it was before. Every year I go there, there's two more condo buildings up. Same thing. Yeah, I asked someone at the All-Star <laughs> Game, I said, now how much will those condos cost? I used to live there. And he said, well, it doesn't matter. You can't afford them. <laughs> and that's, that's taken an area of town that was terrible. Denver, yeah. uh, San Francisco, China Basin, Houston. I mean, ballparks are part of a larger uh, development. And maybe this will spur Tampa you know, St. Petersburg has said we'd like for the Rays to build on the footprint of Tropicana Field, all of that. But well, it was a frustrating day. And the release in Tropicana Field runs out in 2027. And so even if a deal was signed today, the Rays feel like they wouldn't be in the new ballpark until 2024. So we are closing fast. Yeah. And as Stuart Sternberg said, we got to have a place to play in 2028, and it's not going to be Tropicana Field. You can read into that whatever you want to. So that's the true deadline is, hey, if there's nowhere to play that's not Tropicana Field, well, it'll be we're going to be that. playing in a different They city. want to negotiate. They want a deal. Yeah. But what you have to have is some civic enthusiasm on this. And, you know, Tim, I covered the whole specter of the Expos leaving, and it is so painful. And if you give... I'm sure if you gave city officials from Montreal a chance to go back and do a redo, I know I lived in Baltimore at the time the Colts left, if you ask people there to go back and do it over, what would you do? Um, it's an investment. It's an investment in your city. And I think there's some frustration. Maybe something happens. You know, there's still time to get something done. All right, let's go back to Monday now. Kevin Cash <laughs> took his turn, actually one of only five managers that opened things up on Monday, speaking to the media. Um, and he had a pretty big crowd around him, thinking back to years past in the Rays media session. And all the questions seemed to head in one direction, the opener, bullpenning, what the Rays were able to do last season. Uh, he sat there and he explained it all. And he made it pretty clear that, this is what the Rays are going to do. Yeah, you know, you think about it. Four years ago, this guy came here. He, he hadn't coached much. He was fresh off a playing career. Who is this kid? You know, he, he, when, he's, when he doesn't have the beard growth, he looks like he's 12 <laughs> years old. Four years later, he is the sixth longest tenured manager with one team. Two of his coaches, Charlie Montoyo with 
the Blue Jays, Rocco Baldelli with the uh, Twins, just got named managers. And now this new way of using a pitching staff is what everyone, this is the trend. It's here to stay. And suddenly, Kevin Cash, his ability to collaborate upstairs, to reach players, to have relationships with players, he's a prototype of what you want in the manager. So you're right, all the questions were about the opener. From May 19th, when they started this crazy idea, they had, I believe, the second best ERA in the major leagues uh, behind only the Astros. And it, it clearly threw opposing hitters off. The idea, guys like, I think it's guys like J.D. Martinez who are very organized in how they prepare. Instead of preparing for a pitcher, you've got to prepare for one guy in the ninth, another guy in the second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, sixth, seventh, eighth. And it, it uns, I think the word I heard a manager use was it unsettles hitters. It is here to stay and teams are looking to Kevin Cash like how do we sell it to the players how do we sell it to our fans is there you know and I think one of the some of the questions were Kevin uh, people are saying this is the worst thing that's ever happened to baseball no what it is it shows you have really smart people in the game and that they're looking at different ways to win and thinking outside the box Heim Bloom the Rays senior second senior uh, uh, vice president of player development was asked, you know, about banning shifts. And Kevin Cash was asked about banning shifts. This is who we are. This is what we do. If you take that away from us, well, for one thing, you have unintended consequences and suddenly you develop hitters differently. Uh, it changes the game. And that's the Rays are on, on the cutting edge of all, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, speaking of the shifts, the Rays' second most shifts in baseball last year. Uh, first was the Astros, 1,781. 30% of the time the Rays were shifting last year and it is interesting and I don't know to me it doesn't make sense to make a rule against shifting when when the players are now adapting as far as hitters and you mentioned that they've swung that way now if you make it against the rules you're going to change hitters well what Hein Bloom said was okay we have to think through the unintended consequences and the unintended consequences are uh, a part a part of part of them are that now we will look for a different kind of hitter we will look, the, the hitters like Brian McCann and Mark Teixeira, who are really hurt by the shift, suddenly they're back in vogue. And maybe the thing you wanted to prevent, you're not going to prevent at all. Guys will still hit the ball uh, out of the park, and runs might be scored at a higher rate. The shift is a very interesting concept because some of the teams I know that the, the more their data guys look into it, look into it, some of them think, yeah, it helps us. Some are not so sure it helps us. It's just a fascinating time to be a baseball fan. Yeah, so why don't we wait and see and find out if it helps teams or not and right. let them kind of figure that out as well. Uh, the Rays on the front edge, you said, of that stuff, and then they've hired another front office person as well. Jonathan Ehrlichman has been named analytics coach. What is that? That's a new one. Yeah. Um, to Kevin Cash, it's J Money. <laughs> okay. I said, does he know that yet? He goes, I don't think he knows that yet. But um, I think this has begun. I saw it firsthand in Houston. I think there's a move toward having analysts in the dugout. And the way the Dodgers do it is you just want – we have this avalanche of information. And we're not sure – teams are not sure how to use it. As David Stearns in Milwaukee said, we're on the ice, the tip of the iceberg. But we still have to figure out how to – communicate it to the players and allow them to go play the game with a clear mind. And that's part of what it is. The Rays also hired a mental skills coach who works with the Cleveland Browns. And it's just, hey, we are in a different era, you know, from 
You got a pitting, pitching coach, a hitting coach, and a first base coach. No, it's not that no. way anymore. Now you got an analytics coach. It's certainly interesting. All right, let's talk about this team on the field. What is there to do at this point in the offseason? What holes are still out there to fill? They're a fascinating team yeah. in that they only have 32. They have one player in a contract for 2019, Kevin Kiermaier. And they have, if you just project their roster, it's $32 million payroll. So they have money to spend. But they don't have any needs. They used, what, 30-something, 30 35 rookies last year, 33 rookies, and finished with a young team that won 90 games. So Bloom has said we have to be mindful of the fact that the way we got to this spot, winning 90 games in the American League East, we gave our – we let – I think they had eight guys start at A ball and get to the big leagues. We let our kids play. On the other hand, we can improve all over the field. So they're casting a wide net. Nelson Cruz could be the DH. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion from the Indians, if the Indians decide to move him, they've checked in with him. Charlie Morton, who was with the Astros last year. I think even a guy, they definitely checked in on uh, Paul Goldschmidt before he was traded. I think a guy like Zach Grinke would made some, make some sense for them. They intend to go in and use the opener two to three times per five through the rotation, but it depends on what they do here. And so they have the luxury of, you know, agents are being aggressive with them. Hey, we know you got money to spend. My guy thinks this would be a perfect fit. You ever been to Tampa? Well, he's never been to Tampa, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But that's a great spot to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw them get a great year out of C.J. Crone. Yeah. And then, and know, just we think like, we saw the best of you, and we have guys that can step in behind. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, what, what teams have the guts to do that? Right. In that he was a very productive player, and yet they felt for the dollars we will have to invest in you, we maybe be able to get a more complete player. Now, the Rays will tell you, that's a gamble. The gambles don't always pay off. We do miss on guys. Uh, but it's about as interesting a team as there is going. Do you think they make any moves this week? Um, well, Hein Bloom said today they move the ball. Now, I don't know what that means. Did they get to the 40, the 30, was, the 20? Yeah, I, I didn't ask. Did you move <laughs> it from the 20 to the 22, or did you move it from the 22 to the 22? Uh, but my guess is no. I still think we're in a feeling out process, and I think a team like the Rays are very mindful of being efficient with their dollars. And so I just think the, the, the free agent market has to um, take a little bit more shape. Uh, in other words, a player has to take what they're offering. All right. Great stuff, Richard, as always. This has been the MLB Extras Rays podcast from the winter meetings in Las Vegas. For Richard Justice, I'm Tim McMaster. We'll talk to you again next time.